0: Oh, the weather outside is frightful But the fire is so delightful And since Out of all the rain, dear, You know you're the mastermind
1: Rock, Rudolph, Santa coming Welcome, everybody. This is a brand new show on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network. We are called Music Medics. The show is all about music. It is the middle of December. It's the Christmas time. It's the Christmas holidays. Everybody's drinking and eating all them Christmas cookies. I'm Brian Kluger and I'm joined by the host with the most, the man who I celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah with all the way from Kansas, all the way from Minnesota and Dallas, Texas, my man, Eric Bram. How are Buddy, you, sir?
2: You got me amped up now. I wasn't quite prepared for that. I mean, I should have known, considering who I'm working with here. But I'm doing well. Uh, it's kind of been a hard week, but I've listened to a lot of Christmas music this week. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> it's normally, it. if you would ask me, oh, how's your week been? Oh, uh, I've listened to a lot of Christmas music. That was that's how I would say it. That oh, you know what? I've had to listen to a lot of Christmas music. But this has been kind of a fun task because. I have gotten to explore a little bit and found Christmas music that I actually like.
1: That's good. That's good because there is some good Christmas music out there. And that's what this first episode we're titled Jingle Jangle Bells. uh, That we're just going to talk about the holiday albums, the best, the worst Christmas songs, Christmas albums. Uh, We brought it to the internet. Uh, We're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, first off, Who are we? How do Eric and I know each other? Well, it's a story that uh, we we fell in love 40 years ago, and we're still together today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's been etched in stone. No, so... uh, One of the greatest love stories of all time.
1: It is, it is. So I met, we, we met at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas back in the year Two, in
2: the year two
1: thousand. <laughs> uh yep. for those who still get that reference, 20 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and uh we met through uh, a mutual friend, our our uh the DJ Beastmaster Mark Ingber. Yeah, he's, uh, he had a
2: lot of DJ names. <laughs> I, one of one time he got legally shut out of doing one name dj tanner dj
1: tanner i remember i think i was there at the station when that happened like
2: a cease and desist order
1: yes (laughs) it was really funny uh so but eric and i met through him and we just started hanging out constantly and eric um tell them a little bit about the show that we had on kjhk 90.7
2: sure so as brian said uh, we go way back and we did used to hang out all the time and now we haven't really talked that much but it definitely feels just like old times immediately when i talk to you i mean you know you sound exactly the same that's good that's good (laughs) Uh, um so i got involved with the radio kjhk i'm actually i'm pimping my old t-shirt which nobody can see but you can see no that's amazing i need one of those so badly and um I, you know, I always wanted to do a specialty show, but couldn't do it because I like too much music, too many different genres, a little bit of everything, as I know you do, and I would have you come on my show uh, like pretty often from the start, and then it just became our show, and we played a lot of different music, some of my stuff, some of your stuff, and we also like to do fun little stuff like I know you do in all your many podcasts, like Movie quote trivia where we would give away do you remember what we gave away? Uh free requests, free requests and a metaphorical progressive scan DVD player. <laughs>
1: yeah, progressive scan. DVD. I forgot about that until now. Oh Met- my god.
2: <laughs> metaphorical though, so. Uh, metaphorical. They only got a free request every time in reality it's- but
1: Right? And we used to we used to uh at- Outside of the actual show, we used to get together and edit uh those soundboards together, like of That's Samuel right. Jackson and Bill Murray, and make them as if they called into our show. Do you remember right.
2: that? I do, yes. That was great. <laughs> it was those totally ridiculous. Were... It was me, so I was uh I remember very over the top acting as I am wont to do <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I remember, so there's certain songs that because so the radio station at Kansas KJHK had CDs, but then they had like the stacks of vinyl, which you know back then, you know Eric and I were into, but most people weren't. They weren't selling really a lot of records back then, but records have made a resurgence so it was cool to go into the record stacks and see notes from other college students over the years about each album
2: that's right some of the stuff was really old and in fact the studio was really old it was this tiny old shack and they've unfortunately for us old folks they've moved out of there but it was a great time and it was definitely fun to check out the vinyl as you said it's come back it was i mean nothing came in and Final. then maybe some of the electronic stuff and some of the hip-hop stuff but it was mostly old stuff in the record stacks and I remember another thing that we like to do would just pick uh, would be to pick a totally random album out of the stacks and then just have callers call in and just give us a number and we would play that song no matter what it was we found some good stuff occasionally and sometimes not so much we did we did i
1: totally remember that and then now you know 20 years have gone by or 15 years whenever when we stopped actually doing the show don't date me brian don't date you oh i want to date you right um (laughs) so the there's certain songs that have been imprinted in my brain that i think vivid uh, i think vividly about eric and i smell these like pungent pungent smells of the radio station when i didn't
2: wear deodorant back then is that what you're trying to
1: say no but when we hear when i hear these songs now like sleater kenny's oh or Mm. um don't you just know it by huey piano smith Mm. or nice weather for ducks um by lemon jelly these were the these three songs like just were constantly like we loved them they were weird and we played them constantly just because we love them (laughs)
2: That's right. Uh, Probably a little too much. And KJHK had a they had like a 40th reunion or something this year. So it wasn't a reunion, but they had former DJs submit songs to just like a Spotify playlist that the radio station, I think, plays during breaks, um, winter break and stuff. And I think those are the three songs that I submitted to that to put on that list. I'm pretty sure it would have been those three. And maybe People Under the Stairs made it on. Um, and Lemon Jelly and People Under the Stairs, both defunct now, both I probably discovered way back then. And I still listen to them so often. So, right. Yeah. yeah it, it,
1: a puffy AmiYumi was a really big one for <laughs> us too. That's right. <laughs> J pop. J-pop,
2: pre K-pop.
1: Yeah, pre K- <laughs> J-pop was before the K-pop. Yep. We brought it to that. And so, it had, one of the things that I remember and I don't remember if it was with you, but since I was such huge into soundtracks and m- songs from movies, I believe that like we played like There Are No Cats in America from American Tale. And then, like the the Fraggle Rock theme, and I think we got called by the station manager. He's like, "You know, you're supposed to play rock rotation, right?" And I was like, "This song rocks."
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we were having fun, and yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if the listeners were or not, but we were having. You got think
1: they um, were that they were, but um, uh, what were so your net? You were obviously your what your station name was.
2: Uh, I I was the cap'n, which is, it comes from University of Kansas, just it comes, it's a long, it's a short, long story that I'm not going to tell right now, but uh, anytime I do any recording thing, anytime I'm on a mic, I still go by the cap'n. Um, that's with doing, apostrophe N, right? That's right, C-A-P apostrophe N, spelling right, when people say captain, I usually have to correct them, because I'm not officially a captain of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a hat once and got a nickname. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it that, stuck. It stuck.
2: That's my long story.
1: <laughs> that's a long story. And do you remember what
2: my uh, station name was? I mean, I think you had a few. <laughs> you were <laughs> Cloozle Basil. Yep, Cloozle Basil. Primarily. Uh, and sometimes you were, I th- maybe you called yourself what i always like to say gumbercules or gumbercules but gumbercule. so <laughs> those who know me on gaming uh i still go by
1: gumbercules 9000 the gumbercules has been a name for many years <laughs> Gumber- and so people just call me gumbercules still to this
2: day yes. which is great good old gumbercules
1: oh uh, inclusal basil sounds like like a like a puppet from like Jeff Dunham or something like that. Like, mm. like he would have like a Cluesal Basil as a puppet.
2: Yeah. Well, I hope you have that copyrighted then. Cause Jeff Dunham, I've, I've seen him. He's been using that name.
1: Perfect, perfect. Uh, I have to copyright it. I'm flattered <laughs> though that he uses it. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of like our little origin story. That's how we. Uh, that's how we formed. That's how we did the radio for like five years, and mm-hmm. and now we're making a comeback, as LL Cool J likes to say. Um, that's right.
2: That's, so- right. that's he still says it all the time.
1: He still says it. He's got that one uh, pant leg rolled up saying, make it a comeback. He so, says, don't call it a comeback. Oh, don't call it a comeback. Well, this is a comeback, man. This is like the duo. Uh,
2: so yeah, this, is the, this is the OG duo. Um, and I, I, taught, I taught you everything you know. That's, that's not true. Tr- that's not true at all. But uh, That's kind of true, though. I like to think that you got your massive creative radio start because of me so uh i'll take that credit
1: no it is that's exactly my first radio thing to do with you so it's awesome to be doing this show with you music medics hello we're doctors in music (laughs) not really
2: (laughs) no but we are here to help people find some soothing not soothing gentle but music that will soothe their minds and their ears (laughs) yeah I'm just going to talk like this for the rest of the show. (laughs) He's going to get real
1: sexual real quick if he's going to talk like that. Uh, So, of course, our first inaugural episode is Jingle, Jingle Bells. We're going to talk about all the Christmas stuff. So first, we're going to talk about some of the, you know, these Christmas albums that we've listened to that we just want to tell you about. You might have heard some. You might have not heard some. uh, But Eric take it away with take 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 it away with uh some one of your uh, christmas albums you want to talk about man
2: yeah and sorry for spoiling the theme of the show before we started but that was how i got people hooked before they heard you know before we started talking about us well, nobody knows who i am so who cares about me but uh christmas albums yeah as i was saying earlier Christmas music has not really been one of my favorite genres of music for a long time. And I think it's because you're really forced to hear a lot of Christmas music, right? It's unavoidable this time of year, especially if you're shopping. And I found it fun to go and really search for the stuff that I like and find some entire albums that were good Christmas albums. And I think that's a rarity really there's tons and tons of great christmas singles tons and tons of terrible christmas singles that you've heard time and time again so what we wanted to talk about here first is the best actual christmas albums what do you think makes a good christmas album brian so what i think makes a good christmas album is should i call you
1: basil No, you can call me whatever. I like Basil. Basil's good. (laughs) I think you have to have a British accent with Basil, though. Basil. Basil. Basil of
2: Clue. What Um, do you think, Basil? uh,
1: So, what makes a great Christmas Christmas album? First, I think that you have to have a mix of new and old songs. And then I think you have to put your own spin on it, not just regurgitate what's already come out before. Definitely. Um, And I think some of the older songs. Sorry, no, I just think you have to have fun with it. I like you have to have fun with your Christmas album. I think people know that's cheesy, and it's supposed to be, but don't try to take it too seriously.
2: I think that's true. Obviously, that might not apply for some of the older stuff. I mean it a lot of it was original back when it was recorded, if it was from the nineteen sixties and now sixty years later, you've heard the same songs covered by a thousand different artists so it can sound pretty played out but we're not going to discount that old stuff necessarily just because you've heard it so many times but yeah i think personally as you said originality you can't just do an album purely of covers if you do i would say to make it a really good christmas album you really do have to put your own spin on it. It can't just sound like the originals. I listen to a lot of Christmas music, as I said recently, and there's some great artists, great singers out there like Amy Mann comes to mind. But if you listen to her Christmas album, it's like, it's just the standards done in her style with no real, no real change up. Nothing too improvisational or anything like that. I think also what makes a great Christmas album is that it's good all the way through and you can listen to it again and again it doesn't get painful necessarily Um, though that can mean different things to different people you might be able to listen to something that I don't necessarily you know can't hear again and again and again and the same goes for you or anybody else Um, so the first Christmas album that I wanted to talk about um, is the California raisins. Do you remember the California raisins? I mean, that is, that is like nostalgia zone, which is, it's kind of like a wheelhouse.
1: No, I, abso- wheels no I absolutely remember that. Uh, the California raisins, uh, Christmas so I mean I like the California Raisins I mean they had their own TV show there was like a Michael Jackson California Raisin which I loved Um, there there was a lot of cool stuff there Um, but I definitely remember they did a Christmas album
2: it's uh, in for those who don't know which is probably many many people these days the California Raisins was a claymation marketing campaign for literally for raisins (laughs) it's true it is really true and they were soul singers they did several albums and for me yeah I literally I literally grew up on this album okay not literally I didn't I wasn't standing on the album my whole life growing up but I had this tape and it got played a billion times when I was a kid in the 90s um, it's a band fronted by Buddy Miles, who worked with Jimi Hendrix. He had uh, several of his own projects, but he wasn't the only singer. There were um, there were several singers in it. There's some some female singers as well, and they I think it was honestly it was mostly covers, but they didn't sound like other things.
1: Right, right. They, uh, I mean, it was called Christmas with the California Raisins. And for those of you who remember the cover art, the raisins were in the Santa sleigh being led by the reindeer over a snowy <laughs> town. But yeah, it,
2: it really was just, you know. It's as ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> you
1: we know, were the California Raisins.
2: Like how and, did this become a really big phenomenon? And it was big, like you said there there were TV shows, there was a special, there was a Christmas claymation special in um I can't think of what year it was. It 19- had to be 1988. 1988. I mean, I know this album was, was in
1: 1988. So we were, you know, between 6 and 7 years old, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When this came out and yeah, no, this this album I don't think has an original song to it. It's just the California Raisins singing stuff like Jingle Bell Rock and Silent Night and stuff like that but in their own. I mean, they were like the Chipmunks. They were like the Care Bears. Like they they had a thing, right?
2: Yes, though the Chipmunks is pretty painful though. I do actually love the Chipmunks Christmas album <laughs> quite a bit. Some nostalgia there with like me and my stepmom too, but um christmas with the california raisins i think what makes it special is again it's it's wonderful all the way through and it really is they ra- a raisins twist on a christmas album if that makes sense i know it doesn't but uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer for example it's i i don't know why it's not called the rudolph red-nosed rap because it is
0: we're going to down to the rudolph
2: That's what they said. They say it multiple times in the song. It's amazing. Rudolph Red Nose Rap. And the Santa in that song, it's like uh, imagine um just getting a sample of Santa saying ho once and then repeating it, so it's like ho 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 ho. ho. <laughs> yes. um so it's silly but it's also it's also really good as i said it's it's an r&b album um i i don't know i can't say enough about this (laughs) this album i listened to it so much as a child and then i went back and listened to it now and it's it's not just the memories it's really a truly good album um jingle bell rock which you brought up i think it's the best version of jingle bell rock (laughs) Easily. Like, not <laughs> close.
0: Woo! Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing
1: and jingle bell ring.
2: Rudolph Red Nose Rap should be on everyone's holiday playlist.
1: No, and it's a a nostalgic trip down memory lane with this album. It really is. Because, I mean, listening to this, you probably will remember where you you were all those years ago listening like, oh, yeah, man. And, like, you might have had even, like, the little California Raisin little plastic
2: rubbery little figures. Yeah, they were on a bread stage. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they sold a lot more raisins because of it. I mean – I don't know. I would have definitely rather played with the raisins than eat the raisins. But maybe people just bought them to play with. They're like, I can't afford the toys. I'll just get a box of raisins. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Johnny, now you have like 250 raisins, not just the original eight. So, Eric, you're a family man now, right? I mean i have a family am i a family man no i'm kidding i like them yes
1: so have you introduced your kids your kid to uh
2: california raisins christmas yet she has heard the music playing she has not yet seen the um any of the videos the claymation specials but that'll that'll be happening soon don't you worry Okay, good, good. (laughs) Relive that magic. (laughs) This Christmas is the time. And you're right, I can definitely picture myself in that living room where I grew up, (laughs) listening to this tape and alternating it with a different cassette tape, one of your selections. So we could talk about that when we get there. Um, Another thing I think that makes this album and many of the albums that we selected really good is the backup singing, the backup vocals, are like fantastic you know there's these little embellishments that come after they're singing something so i'm dreaming of a white christmas just like the ones i used to know and then you have these backup singers go just like the ones i used to know (laughs) (laughs) and it's definitely it it points to that late 80s um r&b music it's it's similar to a lot of it but yet it's timeless and it sounds really good every time they do something that now might sound kind of played out or old. It's, I don't know. It's nice. What can I say? And I'm shocked that the
1: California raisins haven't made like a retro comeback, you know, like it just makes, does it make sense? I'm trying Brian. I'm doing all I can. (laughs) (laughs) Eric single handedly. (laughs) This
2: This is where it starts. He's
1: purchased the rights. And he's going to start mm-hmm. a California raisin band.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. There must have been some raisin E. coli scandal or something back then. that <laughs> They killed all the raisins. I don't know. Maybe the animator went on to something else. Uh, I'm not really sure. I haven't dug into every last detail about them. I was mostly focused on the music, of course.
1: Right, right. Well,
2: We're the music medics.
1: Excellent, excellent uh, choice. I'm going to go one. So you did California Raisins Christmas, kind of a fun one. I'm going to do a fun one. So being... Uh, a Jew in the ocean of Christmas tidings I still love Christmas music cuz there's really not any Hanukkah music really um I mean of course there's, there's you have some, but not a lot yeah not a lot there's a, there's a few things like we have Adam Sandler we have the, you know the traditional ones and then this year uh David Diggs from Hamilton gave us a, I, I want a puppy for Hanukkah which is excellent um but there's not a whole lot so being a movie fan, movie freak, early on, and in being into horror movies. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows growing up was Tales from the Crypt with the Crypt Keeper, uh, voiced by John uh, Kasser And lo and behold, in 1994, when I was like 12 or 13, right around my bar mitzvah age, Tales from the Crypt released a, an entire Christmas album with the Crypt Keeper in a character singing and rapping. Everything, and this album got played from like December through July basically. I love this <laughs> song I love this album so
2: much it's definitely extremely goofy, and uh <laughs> yeah <if> you <laughs> it it is it is it's so stupid and
1: goofy and like so the crypt keeper from Tales from the Crypt is basically the godfather of puns. And mm-hmm. puns are really big now. Uh, I guess they've always kind of been, but more so now with memes and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, that's uh, true. The crypt keeper was the godfather of them. So he was like, well, hello, boils and Ghouls. Mm-hmm. You know, so his songs are definitely like that. So instead of uh, deck the halls with Boughs of Holly, it's deck the halls with parts of Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> deck the halls with of Charney,
0: fa la 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 Make the Yuletide Grace and fa La 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 Stocking stuff with ears and fingers. Fa la 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 la
2: la every every last thing is uh, goofy and twisted and kinda dark little pun. Um not you know, not i think back then, if I was a kid, it might have, you know, scared me a little. These days it would seem i think totally tame and just like you know goofy but kind of dark twisted puns mm-hmm. um stuff that we've gotten so much more used to with every last show on tv being you know about murder and stuff back then tales from the crypt was like it was kind of the dark show it was on was it on hbo or it was i think it was showtime okay. um
1: cuz yeah. i think it they wanted to be on hbo but then they didn't want it so showtime picked it up and mm-hmm. It was, was you know, the Twilight Zone, but for, like, horror. And they had, you know, Mm -hmm. different directors, different actors every episode. Um, And it was, like, there were some scary moments. There were some not scary moments. Like, even their Tales from the Crypt's first ever episode in the 80s was um, a Christmas one. It was called Mm -hmm. uh, All Throughout the House, and it was about a serial killer deranged Santa Claus a stalking a home,
2: and that sounds like a Brian Kluger Christmas to me.
1: That it is it's a Brian Kluger special. That's what it is, <laughs> and so and then this album came out. So yeah, deck the halls with parts of Charlie Juggle Bills, Fantastic Weed, Wish You'd Bury the Misses. <laughs> <laughs> it's just My so funny. My wife didn't like that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. And then just like the California Raisins had a rap, the Crypt Keeper had a rap called the Christmas rap. Um and then the one of the Which fun- is
2: which is what I I mean, that's what I do with my gifts. Yes the Christmas rap. But um that always annoys my family because 'cause I'm just, you know, I'm making up rhymes as I'm rapping. He freestyling. Yeah.
1: And then my my personal favorite that was really funny to me was um, the 12 Days of Mm Cryptmas because he, John Kasser and the Cryptkeeper got real creative with this and they got, he, he like really got into it. So like... The 12 days of Christmas, the 12 days of Cryptness. It's like, you know, <laughs> five mortal wounds, 4,000 <laughs> volts. You know, three, it's just so good. And a trip to the mortuary. On the sixth
0: day of Crypt, Miss my Cool Up gave to me six fiends disemboweling, five mortal wounds, 4,000 volts, oh. three lethal blows, two murder shelves, and a trip to the
1: mortuary. And like he gets tired as he goes on with the song, so you could tell him he's like taking deep breaths, like "Oh God, I gotta do this again." I mean, he's, he's
2: a he's a, he's a skeleton, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> how, how he even gets through an entire album is beyond me. I I've only seen skeletons say one or two words at most, right? But like, there's something life. about the Crypt Keeper's voice
1: where it's like refreshing and like. <laughs> you feel at home with him because it's like so hot such high pitched and like the christmas music in the background i don't think there's anything really scary about it just him yeah being funny and with horror tropes and elements Mm -hmm. in christmas and you know i've always looked for this on vinyl and it is definitely not on vinyl it's only on cd so hopefully for a record store day one year they will release
2: this I didn't have Showtime back in the day, and I didn't see it too often. I don't think my parents would have been too thrilled about me watching Tales from the Crypt. And I'm a little shocked that the album's not just called Tales from the Crypt mess or something like that. But do you think that the show was like much scarier, gory than the album? Like, is this Christmas album, I mean, there's actually, I think there's more Tales from the Crypt albums, but this Christmas one, um, you know, like I said, I think it's mostly silly and obviously dark, but it's certainly not scary. Do you think the show was scary? Because I don't remember it super well. Right, so the show itself had scary
1: episodes, Um, however it bordered on the campy style of uh, film and television. So there was a lot of camp to it. Uh, There was here, blood here and there, but maybe a hard PG-13, maybe like a soft R, but nothing like in the way of something you know, you'd see day like Walking Dead whatsoever. Like Walking right. Dead on AMC is way more hardcore
2: than Tales from the Crypt ever was back yeah, in the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every show, like I said, pretty much every show on TV is. <laughs> 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 if they reboot Care Bears, it's gonna be darker than Tales from the Crypt was back then. <laughs> like I think <laughs> that's the, the world keep- we live in,
1: <laughs> right? But I think like Crypt Keeper has become such a family-friendly staple that he could go on Sesame Street and visit. <laughs> I, I really I think so definitely
2: watch that <laughs>
1: With the, the sesame street we got a crypt keeper here i think it would go well <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah i so, don't think the crypt keeper was ever particularly spooky except the way that he looked but he uh, was the same as he is on this album when you did see him on tv as you said it was kind of like the crypt keeper introduced the episodes right and then the stories were kind of more like a horror twilight zone
1: right right yeah cool so yeah that's that's one of my picks uh eric back to you man what's another one of these good christmas
2: albums sure well i like your choice very much i don't know that it is listenable all the time
1: (laughs) even in july (laughs) i was singing 12 i mean if you're listening
2: to it in july that's probably better than just about anything i selected (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because i still probably would keep all but one of these albums to um just just christmas time but my next collection is something that you can listen to you know absolutely anywhere it would make great it's it's powerful but it would also make wonderful background music and i would say put this on your list if you're having a dinner party if those things are ever allowed again uh, if you see your family if those things are ever allowed again jimmy smith christmas cooking going back even farther now so
1: i i love jimmy smith so this is amazing to me
2: yeah, so he's a uh he was a jazz funk organist. I think I have to use past tense. I think he um passed away in early 2000s, maybe mid 2000s. Um jazz funk organist really uh, an official jazz master and this album is completely instrumental. It's Something that you, again, you can listen to in the background, but it also, it comes in so hot. It comes in with these massive drums on God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And it sounds like it's going to be maybe just a like a classical Christmas. And I do like classical music. That's probably what I would typically have listened to if I was together with the family. I might put on like Minnesota Public Radio's classical stream um, holiday stream or something but now this is definitely going to be my go-to album and i also think that any of these albums would make great gifts if you're still looking for a last second gift and this one just absolutely wonderful and there's a lot of improvisation because he's a jazz organist you said you love jimmy smith um do you do you have any of his albums I do
1: have some of Jimmy Smith's albums, but for, I, I like this album because I think originally it was called Christmas 64, and they reissued it a couple yes. of years later for Chris, called it Christmas in which I
2: think is better than yeah, Christmas 64. That's why I picked that title. That's right, <laughs> I meant to say that, and thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> Christmas Cook is a great
1: title. No, it is. It is. Um, I I do have a lot of the Blue Note stuff that he did and some of the Verve stuff he did, but like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is one of my favorite albums. I love that album. That's something Mm -hmm. I could listen to all the time.
2: Mm -hmm. And while he is an official jazz master, I don't think he's as nearly as well known as like Count Basie or other artists. So um, I'm sure plenty of people know who he is like we do, but there's probably plenty of people who would put them on for the first time and be like, wow, how come I haven't, haven't ever heard of this? Like I said, it comes in real hot. It stays real hot most of the way through. It does mellow out um, after a few songs and, you know, I just feel like you get together, you're with family, friends, and um, It's powerful and big and you're sort of listening to it. And then as you get into your conversation, it does sort of mellow out. So it's, it's really the perfect album for getting together. And it's not going to intrude on your conversation by having um, boisterous vocals or anything, though it certainly has some boisterous instrumentation. Instrumace.
1: Yeah. And, you know, since this is like a jazz instrumental Christmas album, it's not something like you would hear in an elevator or a department store per mm. se, that you could just tune out. But when if, like Eric said, when you're listening to it, you know, with people over, if we ever get to do that again, we will. Um, <laughs> people we be like fuck this is good jazz like who is yeah. this you're like dude this is jimmy smith jimmy smith made a christmas album you're like yes
2: <laughs> yeah and and it's it's funky i mean it's very funky which i love i mean most of my selections i think there's there's they're heavy on the funk uh, you know you hear the other the standard so many times and the one way that they've been done the whole time it's really nice to have someone like Jimmy Smith who, who mixed it up, even though this was back in the 60s. No, for sure,
1: for sure. Back, way back in the 60s, 64 uh, to be exact. But it did pretty well that they reissued it again a couple years later. And it's just, what I've always thought about Jimmy Smith, he's a great jazz musician, but I think there's like a very little element of blues in there too. But I mm-hmm. just think there's like a little mix of that in there which i think might give it a little
2: funk to it when it mellows out it's it is it's bluesy at times it's somber um we three kings starts out really somber and it's beautiful and then it just slaps (laughs) (laughs) with these huge funky horns keys going up and down The, uh, the entire keyboard. And um, it's, it's really fun. It's a fun album. But as I said, you can still just play it in the background and yeah. enjoy it. And enjoy it. So the cover art is really funny on
1: this. So the Christmas 64 Jimmy Smith cover art, the original one, is just basically Jimmy Smith. It's got like a little ornament for Verve and it just says Christmas 64 and like this art Artistic font but then when they re-released it with christmas cooking holy shit it's funny mm-hmm. it's got jimmy smith driving in a convertible and a santa hat and santa outfit handing out presents to people <laughs>
2: as he did all the time i mean he- that was straight photojournalism that cover they just took it from the newspaper and put it on an album i swear <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was just him driving by, and somebody happened to snap yeah. this wonderful photo.
2: I did read one thing about this album that I think might explain just how funky it is, and that is it was recorded over two days, the first of which happened to be uh four twenty nineteen sixty four so you know with
1: being four twenty nineteen sixty four what what was partaken in that that
2: session mm, good question, probably lots of uh sweet tarts (laughs) and uh (laughs) gumdrops yes yes indeed oh
1: only to be a fly on the wall like was this i mean if you had to pick a place to be in witness just be in the studio for a christmas album wouldn't it be on 420 (laughs) to listen Uh to this
2: yeah but i would get pretty freaked out if the crib keeper and the california raisins showed up were weren't moving around hey california raisins and the yeah
1: well i don't oh man they weren't around for jimmy smith at that time this is a
2: bad trip
1: a <laughs> bad trip my god or i don't even really know what good these trip. things
2: are <laughs> oh my um, could you oh, imagine I, I, I was thinking when i listened to this uh, could you imagine being at like a jazz club or a, or a bar. And there are some instrumentalists like Jimmy Smith and his band playing as you're enjoying your meal or talking with friends at the bar. I mean, I don't think people would be talking very long. They would end up focusing right on that, but it would like, if that ever happened, you're the luckiest person to ever have lived. Right. If you you were just at a restaurant and Jimmy Smith happened to lay down some keys before he uh got really big that would have been really amazing so you know some was it like oh how is it
1: 60 years ago um <laughs> what do you think jimmy
2: smith was cooking on this album <laughs> well again <laughs> some some hot knives perhaps um, <laughs> I think he might have had other albums with "cooking" in the title too, though. That it is a big jazz term, of course,
1: right? <laughs> just as, I just like to know. But I'm like, picking what up it, what, what you're, what, you're what,
2: laying down.
1: Yeah, what 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 was he cooking in this session? And good. All right,
2: all you'll right. You'll have to you'll have to ask any someone who was around back then. I'm not ask Jimi Hendrix. Oh wait, no, that's not that's not possible <laughs> either. Someday we'll ask oh
1: yeah yeah we'll, we'll have to ask jimmy well we can ask jimmy right mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> the, the like twitter bot representing jimmy smith yes yes for sure that's, that's what we'll have that's what we'll do
1: all right uh we'll move on i'm gonna name another one one of my all-time favorites that's on constantly and i think it's like a perfect I think it's one of the perfect Christmas albums because it, like, describes me to a T. <laughs> that is the Jackson 5 mm. Christmas album. Yes. Comes out right before
2: Halloween in 1970. Um, timing's a little odd to me. but Yeah,
1: the timing's <laughs> a little odd. Uh, but they were, is... The
2: Jackson 5 were the first to jump the gun on the Christmas season. <laughs> 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 like, before stores started putting up their, their holiday decorations in Halloween halloween uh time it was the yeah. jackson five they started that you have them to thank that <laughs> is
1: and i think like the, this this album is so energetic and happy and funny and just like all these little innocent kids you know before they grew up uh, singing about <laughs> funny stuff getting presents and stuff like that but this so the jackson five this was their fourth studio album. It was right after their third out called just called Third Album, and then right before Maybe Tomorrow in 1971. Uh, but, and this is their first Christmas album by Jackson 5. And it is um,
2: it's, it's got some hits on there.
1: And oh, man.
2: It, it's so good, Brian. It's so good. <laughs> and it's so, uh, sorry to interrupt, but it's so lush and full. And that's something that is common in a lot of Christmas albums. Anyway, there's a lot going on. Um, so, so often, there's jingle bells. You just put that over a song. I have some. I have some jingle bells here.
1: <laughs> oh, you do this, have the jingle bells.
2: This is the part in the show where you just um, you could just play any song, and this goes over it, and it's, it's suddenly Christmas. a Christmas song. It could yeah. be "Every Day I'm Hustling." <laughs> <laughs>
1: See you, breathe me. <laughs> we'll just do the <laughs> Christmas album for that. But, uh...
2: but so there's a lot of, you know, there's often a lot of instruments and really beautiful vocals and backup vocals and harmonies that happen. But this album is so lush and full and the singing is so good. Like compare it to nowadays where there's so much that would be auto-tuned or something, but just everything is perfectly done on this album and you know it was it's all real it's not it is no michael michael jackson a lot of people
1: don't think this but michael jackson actually has a wonderfully amazing voice even as like a six or seven year old as a kid he had an amazing voice man there's like some notes he hits here that
2: are insanely good I would say even more so as a kid than when he was an adult, always an amazing singer. But uh, the pre-puberty, if he ever went through puberty, that's a question. But, <laughs> it is a question. No, for sure. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, I mean, those the high notes that he could hit and how perfect he was as a singer when he was that little, I, no one has, I don't know anybody who's come close to that ever since then i mean he was the greatest child singer and that's why he was always the front boy the front boy not the front man he was the front boy of the band even though he was the youngest because well except janet but she was hardly well he he had
1: the talent and everybody was the backup and he they took his cues from him but this album mixes you know old favorites done up, redone by the Jackson 5 and their funk and their soul and their Mm R&B style in addition to some uh, original songs which I think is a highlight of the album as well but Mm -hmm. you know when you hear a song like Up on the Housetop
2: I love that sound, that was probably my favorite one.
1: Because it's so fun, they're having a good time, they're talking about what all all the brothers want they want like a guitar and
2: a guitar that it won't play out of key (laughs) which was sung out of key hilariously yes it still works because i mean that it's like he's talking so it, it works that that part's out of key but yes that is a wonderful song and um you do have to give obviously a lot of credit to everyone who worked on that not just the the brothers because the composition is incredible all the instrumentalists on it, which I'm sure there were plenty. You might know more than I do, but it's, uh, it's spectacular. It, it is. It is.
1: It's uh that's really good. And then, you know, when you hear the first song on the album, have yourself a merry little Christmas, it's serene. It's peaceful. It's slow. You want to take harmonies. a, yeah, you want to take a warm bath with bubbles and candlelight and then as eric said earlier it fucking slaps with santa claus is coming
2: to town man (laughs) it's it's disco there's (laughs) disco there's funk i mean you know people people hate on disco but disco is a very close relative of funk which is like the best genre so you know if if you're doing good a good job at disco a really funky disco I'm all for it. And the Jackson five did that plenty of times. And and Michael did that on his own several times. He did. He did. And I love like their little nuanced additions
1: to it. Like something as bland as Rudolph, the rain red nose reindeer, they would take it and go, Hey Rudolph, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that was nice.
2: (laughs) I think the California raisins probably took some, some (laughs) keys from Jackson five, to be honest
1: well they could have and you know when this was remastered and whatnot for a 2003 release george clinton got in on it and did some Mm -hmm. stuff so um and of course the last one i will mention on this is the little little drummer boy with Mm -hmm. just little michael jackson just going to town on it man
2: that's one of those that you hear every year yes on the radio (laughs) wherever you are i mean you're gonna hear it because it's definitely one of those all-time classics
1: and this Christmas album uh, peaked at number 45 on the Canadian billboard charts. <laughs> Not in the U.S. for some reason, what? but it would now, yeah. <laughs> but no, this is a great album. I love it. Uh, the longest song on here is the first song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, because it's so fast, but the rest of them are just super quick and great, little under three minutes here and there. But yeah, great stuff. Jackson 5 Christmas album, Find This album artworks got all the jackson brothers wrapped up in a nice little bow that's right
2: that's wonderful mm-hmm. so uh, back to you eric oh sure fine always putting it no just kidding um <laughs> the next one that i would like to bring up is jd mcpherson's socks
0: Give it a little shimmy-shake, and what do I hear? Socks. Socks. Oh, socks.
2: This is the worst gift I ever got.
0: It doesn't be for buzz or bubble or rattle
2: in the box. Why'd you waste the paper on a lousy pair of socks? Actually, it's all cap socks. I don't think it stands for anything. (laughs) (laughs) might, but JD McPherson is from, let me think. I think he's from Oklahoma. He's, I've seen him in concert a few times, him and his band. They're really, really fun. Really great. They're my daughter's first concert when she was zero. I think really. Yep. At the great Minnesota get together, the Minnesota state fair, um, jd mcpherson did a show and this is a really good album socks is a reference to of course everyone's favorite christmas gift
1: (laughs) i didn't i didn't think you know people who celebrated christmas got socks i thought that was just the jews i thought all the my my christmas friends got all the best (laughs) gifts and here my little hanukkah boy got socks and sweat sweaters (laughs) (laughs) this is a universal thing this is amazing to me uh
2: it's universal but it's actually ironic socks are the socks are considered like you know the worst gift you can get it's the one that's like oh man socks again and that is the title of the album it's the title of um one of the songs on the album just because the album's titled Socks, if you gave this album for Christmas, think about that—you gave someone socks for Christmas, and they would be delighted year <laughs> after year. <laughs> I feel like I'm just straight up marketing for them right now, but I'm fine you with are. that because it's uh, it's really good. It's it's rockabilly, um, but it's all originals. This is a every song on the album is written by J D McPherson, as far as I know, and the other guys in the band. Um, They use uh, an upright bass, you know, not an electric bass, and which sounds really nice on any of their songs. And this was released, like, very recently, too. It's the past few years, for sure. I mean, J.D. McPherson has probably only been... um, I guess I couldn't... I don't know how long he's been recording for his whole career, but I would say maybe... Like ten years.
1: Yeah, he he's he's kind of our age. He was born in nineteen seventy-seven. So he was uh mm-hmm. yeah, he's um he's fair, you know, he's been doing a little bit, but not like Jackson Five or anything, or California Raisins. Mm-hmm.
2: And this album is very you know, it's very different. Uh the songs vary quite a lot. Like I said, I mean the style is all like rockabilly, kind of swing. Um, There's a little R&B in there, too. Yeah, there's some R&B. It's definitely original. I was thinking about some other sort of like swing-like albums. I mean, Brian Setzer, The Stray Cats, they do tons of Christmas stuff, right? There's been many Brian Setzer Christmas albums, and uh, they obviously have that rockabilly feel and a lot of swing to them, but they're just, they're not original. And none of the, I mean, some of the songs are great but this one is just perfect all the way through. Um, It starts off, well, I think it starts off with all the gifts I need, which is really like grateful. Um, it's, It's, you know, finding joy in the little things and the things that are around you, which can be tough to focus on at this time of year can be a really stressful time of year. Um, Sometimes people don't have a lot, especially this year so good to focus on those little things. And then socks is about getting the worst gift and I mean he says in there. He asks Santa, like, why even bother wrapping this? Why even waste the wrapping paper? It's just socks. Ironically, I did ask for socks for Christmas this year.
1: Yeah, as you get older, you start to appreciate fun socks or just sports socks or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm. And especially if you live up here in Minnesota where we have to get our heavy socks out.
1: Right? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it be the best present if you got a pair of KJHK
2: 90.7 socks? Yeah, that would be... That would be a memorable present for sure. <laughs> I don't think it would last as long as this 15-year t-shirt though. Socks socks have a way of falling apart or getting yeah. lost. That will that left one always gets lost. For sure. Um there's there's another song on there called Bad Kid. It's it's about, you know, it's just about the The kid who's on the naughty list and all the (laughs) bad things he does so that's really fun i mean they're not all traditional songs that are not um gonna necessarily all put you in that like warm christmas spirit except then the music always does because it's so it's joyous and really well done um i think perhaps my favorite song in the album is called hey skinny santa (laughs) (laughs) there's like a skinny santa around and they're trying to get him fat before christmas yeah it's almost christmas time santa get a bulk up they're funny so do
1: you consider this a a comedy album or do you consider this actually just like the rockabilly r&b album with like funny
2: elements to it um the latter i think it's i mean i think it's a straight up christmas album but he's gonna do his own jd mcpherson writing style which is usually pretty clever um it's not because it's rockabilly because it's like a three four piece band with an upright bass not a whole lot of instruments in it it's more stripped down than some of the albums we've been mentioning Yet the sound is so full, especially because of that upright bass. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a comedy album, but there's definitely lots of funny stuff, which I think is part of Rockabilly, to be honest. I mean, Hey Skinny Santa is just such a perfect Rockabilly song. And you would never know, except <laughs> except how perfect it sounds. You know, the sound's a little different. They're not using old-timey recording um, tools but if you listen to jd mcpherson this album or any other one it sounds so timeless like maybe not as much as classical music but it sounds like it could be in could have come out of the 1950s except you know some of the lyrics and how perfect it sounds right right
1: no i this album is uh super cool i actually don't own this album i wish i did if i find it i'm definitely gonna buy it just because i like rockabilly stuff i like this you know weird meldy soupy mix of different genres of music into Mm. like something that's just like kind of badass and cool yeah
2: definitely and i would check them out live too another one of my favorite songs i did Forget to mention it's called I think it's called Holly, Carol, Candy and Joy. Yeah. And, and it's I mean those are great Christmas words. They're also hilariously all women's those names. Names, yes. <laughs> I don't know why women are named after Christmas so much, but The
0: town is such a cozy fire when that holly hangs around. What a lucky lucky boy. A holiday with Holly, Carol, Candy and Joy.
2: Candy. Maybe it has to do with uh, when they were conceived. I don't know. Maybe. That that sounds like he's having a really good Christmas, let me tell you, because he's spending it with Holly, Carol, Candy, and Joy. Yep. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Again, you're right. Pretty funny. I never even thought about calling it a comedy album, but you... You could find it there. Hopefully it's not misplaced in the record store.
1: Right. Well, we'll, we'll, when we come back on a future episode, if I make it to a record store, I'll let you know. It's like, where is your JD McPherson (laughs) (laughs) section? There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll, we'll round this out with mine. Uh, with me give us six albums to do. Uh, so what my last one is that I'm going to go comedy with it just because I think it's actually great music, but also really creative. And that is um, Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics, South Park from Trey Parker and Matt Stone and the rest of the cast of South Park. Um, if you've seen South Park, you've probably heard these songs, but uh, there was actually an actual episode called mr hanky's christmas classics where it was kind of like one long infomercial and they showed these little music videos to it um Mm -hmm. along with some of their older christmas songs from previous episodes and this 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 album is so good um it's really funny Mm -hmm. and then mr garrison uh the teacher singing merry fucking christmas as he says how other people in other countries celebrate christmas there is no christmas
2: in the silly middle east no trees no snow no santa claus they have different religious beliefs they believe in muhammad and not in our holiday and so every december i go to the middle east and Hey there, Mr. Muslim, Merry fucking
1: Christmas. Put down that book, the Koran, and here's some holiday wishes. In case you haven't noticed, it's Jesus's birthday. So get off your heathen Muslim ass and fucking celebrate. There is no- and it's great. Um, Eric Cartman singing, Oh Holy Night. Mr. Mackey singing, Carol of the Bells. Ding dong, um Okay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> satan himself singing a christmas song you've got chef isaac hayes singing but if anything's taught us that if trey parker matt stone are funny they just add uh, they are just as talented as they are at comedy as they are at music and coming up with songs uh and oh, yeah I mean, this album proves it what do you think man
2: well i didn't really get a chance to listen to this one um but I do know some of those songs, and obviously very funny. And as far as songwriters, I mean, from the start, you can go back to Cannibal the Musical. Yes. <laughs> and the songs by um, – is Trey Parker who does all that, right? Right. Um, but I think he does the songwritings, and obviously Book of Mormon um, has long had a very uh, uh, twisted, maybe not quite the right word, but mm, – like skeptical, cynical view of religion. And uh I think is a an equal opportunity religion cynic. So I mean it's it's pretty easy for him to write a song it seems like and obviously when it comes to comedy comedy songs, Trey Parker is all over it.
1: Right, no, he is all over it, and he like like Eric said, *Cannibal* the musical is the movie they made in college, and it is an excellent musical. I actually got it for Hanukkah this year on vinyl. Can't believe it!
2: Wow, Spadoinkle. it's amazing. *Schwozdoinkle*,
1: *Schwozdoinkle*. And so they've crossed over. I mean, these are there's your Academy Award nominated people. These are Tony Award winning people. They're musically. Uh, inclined to make these and they made this Christmas album and it is fantastic Uh, all of the songs are great on here they're catchy, they're energetic they're funny and they evoke the spirit of Christmas there's even a couple of Hanukkah songs on here Uh, Kyle Broflawski, The Lonely Jew on Christmas and Dreidel 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 by all of the Broflawskis all is good here um, if you can find this this actually was released on vinyl uh, I believe for a record store day, maybe, and the of course it was released in brown color uh, vinyl for Mr. Hanky himself, and it is wonderful. Uh, so, if that was in the
2: Christmas stacks, it would definitely stand out. It because sure all and green would. And one brown one.
1: <laughs> it, it it sure would. So yeah, this is uh this is a good one. This is a great album.
2: Yeah, I have one more album that I really want to talk about. I have a few more that I think are really special albums, but a little more on the classic side, those Christmas classics that you've maybe heard, but these are perfect albums all the way through, talking about like James Brown, Ella Fitzgerald, and a Christmas gift for you from everybody's favorite weirdo, Phil Spector. But when you're talking about weirdos, there's not much more weird Christmas music than the found sound orchestra And the album is called Christmas Midgets. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, you know, might get you in trouble some places this day and age. Now, the Found Sound Orchestra, uh, they're not big at all. I found out about them, I think, last year by hearing one song from this album on a radio station out of Seattle, KEXP. Wonderful station. Um, This is extremely sample heavy. Uh, if you like the avalanches, for example, this is right up that alley where I'm not 100% sure, but I think maybe every everything on it might be a sample. They might have done some of their own instrument, <laughs> instrumentation on it, but it might just be entirely samples. And sample heavy stuff has some really great names of the genres. So here are some examples. Plunderphonics. I love that name. It's, there's so many genre names out there. I don't know how you categorize <laughs> anything. I'm just like, uh, is it rock or is it hip hop? <laughs> but no, there's Plunderphonics. You could call it collage. Sample uh, sample Delia, because it's pretty psychedelic. Booty Swing is sometimes used for that more uh, <laughs> like upbeat stuff, which yeah. has gotten really popular. Booty Swing seems to be like, all over the place if you go shopping these days. Yeah. I I thought of like musical Mod Podge, just like you're taking things that don't go together at all and you are putting together and making them into a really lush, varied, weird, but pleasurable sound. And it's very different. It doesn't sound really like much else that you'll hear Christmas-wise, except that it does have these samples, some of which come from absolutely crass classic christmas albums um i like the album straight through all of my albums i nominated i love straight through and could listen to time again this one after i heard it last year i listened to all of it but one particular song duck fat turkey One of those songs that you can listen to, or at least I could, like 10 times in a row. And I just kept wanting to hear it because there's so much going on in it. It starts with a little sample of one of the weirder, maybe worse Christmas songs, Christmas Island. And I figured out that it happened to be the Andrews Sisters from here in Minnesota. I was like, that sounds like the Andrews Sisters. I don't know how I knew that. I know one song of theirs, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, <laughs> from back in the day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this song gets stuck in my head. The whole thing does just little bits of it that don't even seem like they fit together. Who knows if it's even all from Christmas albums, you could ask them. They weren't recording any music for a long time. As far as I could tell, all their stuff is given away for free because I think it has to be, because it's just all samples and they can't get it all cleared. It would, They'd need the best lawyers, and I don't think they're rich by any means. So, you know, you go on social media, you send them a message, they'll get back to you. And they put all their music out um, for free and show you how to get it. Um, I think I found it on Reddit, and they said that this year they started recording again. I think probably because of the pandemic, though I would like to take credit for that as well, because when I heard this album last year, I did send them a message, and like, this is the greatest you made me like Christmas music again. That's what I told them. I'm like, I haven't <laughs> enjoyed it because I just hear it when I'm shopping or driving in the car. And um, this song is like, or this album is the type of, sometimes the type of music that you would actually enjoy shopping to. It's got that like old timey, um you know, quick shopping, you go into the store. I don't know how to do an impression (laughs) of this album because it's a billion samples, but the fast paced, old timey shopping, just, just give it a listen. See what you think. Um, I think you can find them on SoundCloud. They're not going to be on Spotify and stuff. I don't know if you can get a hold of the album anywhere. Um, but maybe, maybe send them a message and just convince them to to, to lay it down on a cdr <laughs> no that's
1: great so yeah they have like songs called santa's in a hula or silent night but the night is like a medieval night with <laughs> like okay <with> <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
2: so yeah at time at times it doesn't even sound christmasy except then you'll hear like the samples the vocals are from a classic christmas song or something and Maybe that's why I like it so much because it doesn't sound Christmassy all the time. But like I said, I hear myself singing Christmas songs as I walk around the house, and this is definitely an album that I would listen to outside of Christmas season too. Which is the only album I think I can say that about. Wonderful,
1: wonderful. No, yeah the the Found Sound Orchestra album title Christmas Midgets. <laughs> Nothing really midget about it. <laughs> Just a great sound. It's just a great title.
2: It's very chopped up, very different. Doesn't sound like any other Christmas albums. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else they put out. I'm gonna spend a lot more time, I think, listening to the Found Sound Orchestra now that I have all their albums on my computer.
1: Would this be a staple on our old radio show?
2: Um, probably. You seem to be real
1: excited about this, so I'm just excited for you.
2: Thank you. I mean, Duck Fat Turkey, like I said, I think it's my favorite Christmas song I've ever heard in my life.
1: (laughs) Good. Oh, I'm glad you got to them and told them that.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) would it have been a staple or would I have been like, "Mm, we can't play a Christmas song (laughs) every other week, Uh, but I'm guessing if we, if I were to check out more of their stuff that, um. There would probably be a lot of staples. Definitely like similar to lemon jelly, to be honest. Like, yeah. Meanders all over the place, lots of different sounds, Sample. really varied.
1: Yeah, varied. lots of like samples of like old rhymes and nursery rhymes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. So, that will do it for this segment on our first episode of Music Medics. We'll post the rest of the albums that we have listed on the website on BoomstickComics.com, so you can check it out. Uh, but let's move on to our next segment. This is where we bring, we ask a question. Uh, it's a uh, pretty fun uh related to our show and we bring it to the internet. We post it to Reddit and see read some of the comments we get and answer it ourselves. Uh, it was a good one. So the question we brought to Reddit and that we'll answer ourselves is, uh what musician band, what musician or band do you want to see do a Christmas album but hasn't yet? So give me some... Uh, Eric, give me some names. Give me some bands that you want to see do a Christmas album. Like, do you want to see like lemon jelly do a Christmas album? Like, what I, wanna, what was...
2: I want lemon jelly to do anything. I begged them earlier earlier this year to get back together. And by begging I mean I sent one tweet. <laughs> That's begging, man. That's as begging as I get because I don't tweet. <laughs> so <laughs> um if they did a Christmas album, that would be amazing. I think the found sound orchestra handled that type of music pretty well, though. Um, That would be wonderful. That's tough for me. Who would I really want? See, I feel like Christmas albums are done mostly. Why do you think they're done? They're done for money. No,
1: they're (laughs) absolutely cash grabs. I mean, I maybe the trans Siberian orchestra, like, actually likes Christmas music, but Mm -hmm. I mean, they're making hand over fist during the holiday season because Mm -hmm. of it. So it might be money, but some people might like, some musicians might actually like Christmas music, but all, of course, it's a quick cash grab. It's easy. It's cheesy. I get it.
2: And if you get a single that, that hits, you know, if it finds the audience and then makes it onto the radio, it's going to get radio play every year. You know, it's just going to keep coming back and you're going to be making money forever. So that's why people do Christmas albums most of the time. I mean, maybe there are some um, different examples like J.D. McPherson, since it's all original stuff, like maybe he really wanted to do it, but I would imagine it had something to do with money. Um, So I don't know. Do I want any of my favorite artists to do it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've, I love no. Back in the day, I always, on our radio show, I always said, Blur, best band ever, every time we played them. Uh, that has been usurped by Damon Albarn's other band, Gorillaz.
1: <laughs> and they've never done a Christmas album?
2: No, they're super dark though. So, but that's why I think it would be fun. It's not as dark as Tales from the Crypt by any means, but they're, you know, they're like a Halloween band. That's what I think of them as. Now, I mean, they're not even a band. They're Damon Albarn and whoever he wants to work with, and, <laughs> and Jamie Hewlett, the artists, uh, the visual artists. So, um, I mean, I think I'd love it if they did something, but I feel like it would be better almost as instrumental. One thing I would like to dig into a little more would be like reggae Christmas music, because I think that could be really fun, kind of like, you know, the Beach Boys or something that it just takes you out of that typical sleigh bells and, and snowfall atmosphere and puts you somewhere warm, which... Yeah, I wouldn't mind sometimes, maybe not Christmas Day, but up here in Minnesota, winter gets pretty old. (laughs) About now, though it's been warm this year. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if I would wish Christmas music on my favorite bands.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Um, I definitely want to hear, I definitely want a Christmas album from Insane Clown Posse um i'm still a juggalo <laughs> they've never done a christmas album and i think it would be goddamn hilarious to see what they would do theatrically and horrifically to a christmas album
2: yeah to be honest i didn't know you were a juggalo i've never <laughs> seen you with your face paint on <laughs> <laughs> but you knew i listened to insane clown posse at school right You listen to anything and everything. That's true. That's One of my favorite things about Brian, and I think this has changed a little more over the years because of just the amount of stuff that you end up reviewing. But one of my favorite things about you is just like how you can find joy in so much stuff. And I think that I'm way more cynical and like way more (laughs) of a harsh critic. And it's like, it's got to be perfect or I hate it. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank so you.
1: Thank you. I I hey, I try to find the good in everything. So Yeah,
2: man. So you said what did you say about that though if if insane clown posse were to do an album what what do you think it'd be like?
1: Oh, it would be overtly theatrical. It would have like pro wrestling in it, like fat chicks and fago and dead chickens. Like it would I don't know what it would be, but I think I think they would go back to their Joker's cards, like Great Malenko or Riddlebox, instead of like, you know, their later stuff, like where they were asking, what are, what are magnets? It's beautiful, or something like that. Uh,
2: they're magic, Brian.
1: Yeah, they're, ma- they're
2: magic. Magnets are magic.
1: Maybe they would do a Christmas version of that. What is mistletoe? I don't know.
2: <laughs> so you um, want them to do it just because who knows what it would be like, huh?
1: I I, th- I mean, I think it's just so out of the ordinary. And like, in addition to that, I would like to see, well, I mean, I guess they could kind of do it now, but I would like to see a guar Christmas album, mm. like just like totally hardcore death metal guar Christmas album. I mean, you won't have, you know, Odorous there, but maybe they'll find somebody to take over. But I think that would be amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty pretty sweet i mean like i said i like most of the christmas music i like i want it to be very different it's either got to be that soulful perfect silky smooth classic where every last note is perfect and you know if it's going to be a song that a thousand people have done i I want the best version <laughs> yeah but if it's otherwise if it's something new I want it to be weird
1: <laughs> yeah and I guess my third choice would be uh John Carpenter John Carpenter do a Christmas album you know uh with your Coupe de Ville's you know I want to I want that eighty synth haunting music but Christmas style <laughs> and then have your Coupe de Villes come back man that'd be awesome So did you get any good uh, responses to that question? I did. (laughs) So we brought the question to
2: Reddit, and here we go. We got some actually pretty good ones, but we also got some funny ones. Yeah, I asked some of my friends as well and got both kinds as well.
1: So um R one D one said Tenacious D, and I was like, Holy shit, yes, Tenacious D needs to do a Christmas album. I think that might be one of the best Christmas albums of all time because like Trey Parker, and Matt Stone of South Park, uh Kyle Gass and Jack Blackman are actually most excellent musicians and songwriters. And uh,
2: that's shocking, honestly, that they haven't done one. I mean, it, it is. I don't recall that's not their big cash cow, I suppose, especially for Jack Black. But um so maybe they're just like, ah, I don't want to do that. But they, they do it and they'd be funny and they'd probably have one song that went on to be one of those classics and they'd be wealthy forever. So you hear that guys, make it happen. Like a cat. Yeah. Yes. Um Versive
1: said he would like to hear a Christmas album from Tool and the Affects twins.
2: Nice. Aphex Twin.
1: Aphex Twins. Aphex. Aphex. The Aphex Twins, which... Interesting, because I think we used to play Aphex Twins.
2: Yeah, Brian, it's just Aphex Twin.
1: Aphex Twins? Twin? No, no. Yeah, just Twin. Twin. Aphex Twin. I get confused. (laughs) Tool and Aphex Twins. So Tool just, like, released a new album. (laughs) And Aphex Twin, I've been
2: around a long time. I don't know what it would be like. Uh, They'd be weird. That's for sure. There'd be, you know, it'd be percussion heavy. I think Tool would shred, and Aphex wind would be kind of all over the place. They'd both be pretty heady, interesting stuff. Definitely uh, not, definitely not normal Christmas music. True. Um, Car Eater said Ice Nine Kills, and I don't know who that is. I I don't know either. Well. I don't know. The, then you know what? It's about time they do a Christmas album so that we all find out. We all find out, yeah. Um, patio,
1: patio, patio.
2: Said Static X. <laughs> I think Patio, Patio, Patio should do a Christmas album,
1: right? It'd be all they would. They would have to fuck with people because it would be in German, but the the, the title would be
2: Patio. <laughs> like, where's the Irish stuff? So we're getting a lot of harder stuff like hard rock, um, and I got some of that from Friends, too. Uh, some of it may be tongue-in-cheek, some of it probably serious. I heard like Ozzy Osbourne, Rage Against the Machine, that that I can't imagine. They'd just be like anti-consumerism. <laughs> the anti-consumerism <laughs> Christmas album, which I would definitely listen to. Um, and, of course, Insane Clown Posse from one Cluesal Basil. Yes! But, but also some of those that would probably put together a really good, beautiful Christmas album, like Ray LaMontagne or Arcade Fire, uh, Marshall Tucker Band, Ben Folds, who I think a lot of people think are is Jewish, but he's, he's not. And hey, Jews have put out, have written and sung many great Christmas songs, haven't they, Brian? Yeah, I think Bob Dylan did a Christmas album. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> One of those... Uh, timeless beautiful just bell-like voices
1: (laughs) yes yes and indeed um and i'd like to mention one more because there's a few on reddit but we'll post the link on boomstick but um i am the walrus i am the walrus said weird al and he goes i know that he's done christmas songs like the night santa went Crazy' me and christmas at ground zero but weird Mm. al has never done a full
2: christmas album which is beyond shocking it would be so easy i feel like for him i'm i mean obviously putting together the songs and making the songs recording them but as far as writing them i don't feel i he could do that in his sleep there's so many <laughs> options there's so many christmas songs to choose from and and those three Hanukkah songs you could do one of those too.
1: <laughs> I think he should. I, I they need to, he needs to do one and I'm I'm pretty shocked that he hasn't done one yet. Like because that dude is a genius and is always funny and I can't believe he hasn't done like a polka Christmas album. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so yeah. absolutely. Yes.
2: I, that's a great tr- I think that's of all the responses that one is probably the best as far as Uh, you know it 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 can should and it will happen it'll happen right
1: it 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 should happen and it will happen bound to happen so um we're gonna move on to our last segment here but before we go off of this question if you want to email us whatever bander a musician that you want to see do a Christmas album but has not done yet, please email us at mybloodypodcast at gmail.com. We will read them the next show and we'll mention you on the site. Uh, Yeah. Um, But let's move on to our last segment, our final segment of our first show, The Music Medics. So here we're just going to list off some uh, kind of crazy, the crazy best or maybe the worst ever Christmas songs in particular. <laughs> so, and this is, you know, just, you know, personal, personal things, you know, just, you know, something like that. So, Capin the Capin, the best, well, you already told us your best uh, Christmas song ever, Duck Fat Turkey by the Found Sound Orchestra,
2: but uh, yeah, is there I another mean, what...
1: best one or a worst one you want to mention?
2: Hmm. I mean, I feel like... <sighs> Some of the best are just the original classics that, you know, you hear every year and they are that perfect one. Um, I'm thinking of, well, that Phil Spector album has, I really love, uh, who does it? Marshmallow World. Yeah. That is definitely one of my favorite though. I'm trying, I cannot think of who it is right now, Brian. Who is it? Who did Marshmallow World? Darlene. Who did what? Who did what? It's a marshmallow world in the winter or something like that. Okay, it's know. a marshmallow world. This is a terrible world. moment. No, no, it's a marsh. Darlene Love. Yeah, Darlene Love. How do I forget the last name of Love? <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one. It makes me feel like a kid, you know, you go outside and everything. You see your first snow of the year, especially for a little kid. Um, And you may not really remember what it looked like. And I suppose there's those of you down in Texas who don't really see any snow, but we haven't really had much up here except like back in October, we had a snow. When everything is just covered in that sweeping candy-like snow, I think that's a really special song to me. Um, So I would like to bring up that one for sure. What do you think?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with the, one of the worst ones. Um, okay. The the song is called "Backdoor Santa," and it was oh, yes. Oh, it was originally recorded in 1968 by Clarence Carter and Marcus McDaniel. However, um, the song was re-recorded by fucking Bon Jovi for a very Christmas special to benefit the Special Olympics. Um, really? So, I didn't know
2: that. Yeah, so that's so, the one you're put, you're putting down.
1: Yeah, so the, yes, I am. The 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 bon jovi version backdoor santa and it, it, it's just so terrible and if you actually uh look for this uh song on youtube the comments are so goddamn funny so like the be- the comment one of the comments is this is the audio version of what a shark tastes like <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody said my back door is locked for good <laughs> <laughs>
2: I so, like Back to Santa, the original Clarence Carter. I didn't know there was a cover, but that you know, it's goofy, it's silly, I, the it's funky. That's for sure. No, so there,
1: Yes, and so the Black Crows actually covered this too. Wow, <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> but no, the Bon Jovi version. If you want to hear like a uh, prime time horrible Bon Jovi music. Look up back door, Santa.
2: <laughs> Which everyone always does. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, I can think another like classic amazing one, uh, Elvis's Blue Christmas ooh, is yeah. the best version of that song for sure. And it, again, it has to do a lot with those backup vocals. Ooh, like as he's singing, um, I'll have a blue Christmas. Really pretty. Uh, sometimes JD McPherson gets those like Elvis style backing vocals on that album we mentioned earlier Um, I think that one's really good there's one that I always think of at Christmas time that's maybe maybe it's one of the worst but it's kind of one of the best it's ever clear I think this was a secret song (laughs) And it's called I Will Be Hating You for Christmas. <laughs>
1: That's good. That's good.
2: And it's actually a good song, but you know, it's maybe not the song that you'd want to listen to with your family when celebrating. That's <laughs> that would be good. much it's, like other Everclear stuff where you know it's from the heart and it's kind of commenting on a maybe shitty situation that uh the lead singer was in.
1: Yeah. Um, two, two of my favorite ones. I love listening to, um, I'll get cheesy here. Um, but I love, uh, well, not the cheese song because it's like funny but it's also a great song uh the character billy mack from the movie love actually sings christmas is all around me i hmm. could feel it in my fingers mm-hmm. i feel it in my toes and they make fun of the whole christmas album making thing right there in the first uh scene and it's, it's but it's right. a great song though it's really good we're making solid gold shit, aren't we? And then my other one that I love from 1959, of course, Chuck Berry, "Run Rudolph Run." Yes. I love mm-hmm. this song so much because this song uh, is amazing. It's energetic. It fucks. It's in a lot of movies, um, and I love Chuck Berry and I love his same guitar riff in every song. And there's just something about like <laughs> Run Rudolph yeah. Rudolph. It's, I lo- I it's love it.
2: Johnny Be Good, right? I mean, they're all they're all it. It's blues, so lots of blues artists, R&B artists from back in the day had that 12-bar progression, standard blues progression, and um, Chuck Berry was the king. Yeah. And it does sound a lot like Johnny B. Good. You also mentioned to me uh, Lemmy from Motorheads (laughs) run Rudolph Run. Is that right? He did a cover? He – oh, my God.
1: Yes, he did. And it's like (laughs) almost like 10 minutes long, and it's just (laughs) – Like the sound of Motorhead, like with the hard guitars, and just let me just screeching it out. Road, road, Rudolph. And I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. This gets me in the spirit. I want to hop on the back of a bike.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hans Toupé, I don't know. I I created a list of some songs that I think you know they they didn't come from perfect albums, so they weren't going to make the album topic. But a list of some sort of weirder songs or just really good singles. And uh, Hans Toupé, lights, camera, Christmas sounds a little bit like Right Said Fred. <laughs> <laughs> except more electronic, more a little more dancey. The I'm too sexy of Christmas music right <laughs> that, there. That's Hans Toupe.
1: You like have Cameron down there um, Sharon Jones the Dap Kings, Eight Days of Hanukkah, which I actually own on vinyl. And that is, I love Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Yes. So
2: excellent choice, my friend. Thank you. The album that that comes... <laughs> Thank you. I, I made it myself. No, the album... <laughs> <laughs> the album that that comes from is really, really good. And it was like an honorable mention on my list of albums, but it's it's just not quite as perfect as some of those others. If you listen to that, you listen to um, Please Come Home for Christmas by her, and then you listen to it next to James Brown. It's like, oh, okay. Well, James Brown was kind of above and beyond on that. But I absolutely love uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings as well the album's great and that is a really good Hanukkah song I gotta say so I'm glad that you enjoy it because I do feel like you kind of get screwed over as we talked about earlier in the show with with the holiday music there's just
1: there's no Hanukkah Hanukkah music
2: we got David Diggs this year and that's it we got one song oh you know you get like one song the one Sharon Jones song (laughs) you got eight nights and you only get one song come on I know right oh it's good it's good
1: Well, that
2: wraps up our first
1: episode of the Music Medics. Uh, The Captain Eric Bram, Brian Kluger here. We're on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio. We're going to be back weekly bi-weekly with more topics more music for you that we want to share with you and just introduce you more fun segments that we're having coming up and hopefully some special guests celebrity musicians and bands coming on the show before we leave uh cap and just a pleasure doing this again with you it be all my wildest dreams have come true and uh please tell everybody where they can find you online
2: I, uh, you can find me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at uh, Eric Bram on Instagram. Uh, my that my website's not updated a whole lot, but thelevel.org has been a very long-running website. But you know, you can mostly find me here with with Brian on the podcast now. And it's really good, as you said, it's really good to do this again. It's been way too long, probably mostly my fault. Um, you're doing a great job hosting it. I I used to be in the hosting chair, so this is a little weird to me. No, I mean, we're in totally separate states. so actually that's very different anyway. But I'm looking forward to doing this more. It was, I mean, it was relatively easy. The research was the arduous part. Talking to you is like, you know, it's...
1: Mashed potatoes and gravy.
2: It's easy, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's good. Uh, And I'm Brian Cleaver. You can find me at BoomStateComics.com. Highdefdigest.com, YouTube, ScreenRant.com, uh, and a few other places, Instagram, Brian Kluger. Just Google me. You'll find me somewhere. You porn, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be there. We'll be back in a week or two, hopefully before the end of the year so we can get a New Year's uh, element in here because that's going to be really difficult to find New Year's albums. <laughs> 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 maybe so. We'll bring in the New Year with something special. But uh, we love you and uh, Music Medics. Yeah. Welcome and goodbye.